0: Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and senior pastor of True Vine Baptist Church. This is my part we welcome you, I welcome you, and I praise God that you get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. We come to praise His name. Amen. We come to give Him glory. We come to give Him all of our all, that God may bless all of us. How, oh, how we thank God for another day of worship and praise this morning. Pray with me for a moment. Father, thank you for our time together this morning. As we come with thy word, Lord, that you might bless each one of us. Lord, we need you this morning. It has already been said that we need you more than ever before. We need you, dear God, every hour, every minute, every second. And we thank you, dear God, for being our God. For we know, Father, that you are with us. For you promised that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so, God, even in this pandemic, you are with us. And we give your name all the praise. Now, bless now this thy word. Bless these thy people, O God. Touch each one. And God, we'll be careful to give you the glory. Now, Lord, stand in me, your servant, O God. Think with my mind and speak with my mouth that which you want to say to these thy people and bless them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise his holy name. We have come to praise him. We have come to worship him. This morning we want to speak a bit from Exodus chapter 11 verses 1 through 6. And we'll hold the, the text a little later and we'll come back and we can read it together. So from Exodus chapter 11 verses 1 through 6, But our topic today is hope in the midst of a crisis. Hope in the midst of a crisis. You may have your seats in the presence of the Lord. As you may be turning to Exodus chapter 11 verses 1 through 6, just hold it there and we'll be right back with it. But I want to talk to you this morning about hope in the midst of a crisis. And this crisis I want to speak about, of course, is ours, but let me go back and talk about another crisis, and we'll get to that. What is hope to those who are experiencing a difficult crisis? It is a confident expectation. That's what it is. It is trusting faith. The Israelites found themselves in a hopeless situation. These enslaved people were in slavery for more than 400 years. This is hope in the midst of a crisis. Deliverance seemed like a vanishing dream to them. But the Lord God of heaven have not forgotten his people. So if you may have read all of the context there in Exodus, you know that God had not forgotten his people. So he sent Moses, his servant, to remind them, to remind his people of his love and words of hope from Exodus chapter 20, verses 7 and 8. And just to take Some things that he said, I want to share with you four things he said. I have indeed seen the misery of my people. I have heard them crying out. I am concerned about their suffering. I have come down to rescue them. I want you to focus in on just one of these for the moment. God says, I have come down to rescue them. That tells me that he didn't send an angel. He said, I'm coming down to rescue my people. We should take that to heart. For us today, there is hope in the midst of our crisis. A continuing global pandemic that seems to go on and on and on. There seemed to be no end of this thing. Where is the hope among those who are sick, those who have been infected by the coronavirus for for weeks on end? Where is the hope among the unemployed, among those who are uh, self-imposed, isolated from others, among the people of God who are unable to have uh, Christian fellowship as we are used to? Where is the hope? In the Bible, the word hope stands for both the act of hoping and the thing hoped for. Hope does not arise from a person's desire or wishes, but hope arises from God who is himself not only Israel's hope, but the hope of every believer in Christ. I want you to go with me just for a quick second that uh, it comes to mind if you are a long time child of God. You know that God would said my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. So God is our hope. Doesn't matter how long this crisis go on. Doesn't matter what one one is saying about it and confusing the other side. Don't matter because God is our hope. When we have a hope in him, we don't have to worry about the world and what they're talking about. We can tell everyone that I serve a God who sits high and looks. Oh, I, I serve a God who is with me even going through the midst of a pandemic I serve a living God he's not a dead God I him to tell you that there is no grave for him our God is standing right now ready to come and rescue his people we give him glory and praise and we thank him hope does not arise from a person's desires or wishes but hope arises from God who is himself not only Israel's hope but he is our hope also my hope is in you as Psalm 39 and 7 says let each of us remember genuine hope is not wishing wishful thinking but a firm assurance about things that are unseen and still in the future insurance Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. You see, when we have that hope, we don't have to worry about hope in the midst of a crisis because our hope is in the Lord. And as we go to Exodus 1 through 6, 11, 1 through 6, initially, Moses was not well received by his people. They were skeptical. They were untrusting and unbelieving when he was asked who sent him. God told Moses to tell his people that I am that I am. They understood that, and that that's who sent me. So Moses soon won the people over. And the Lord said to Moses, as he came down, as he had spoken to him, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh. I want to stop there and go backwards for a moment so you can get the full gist of this. From the water, I'm sorry, as I go back, the Lord sent ten plagues to soften up Pharaoh's heart, to convince him to let the people go. When Moses and Aaron came on the scene, the first thing they had said to the, to the Pharaoh when they met him, that God said, let my people go. Think about these people that been in slave for so long, and God says, "Now it's time for you to let my people go," and so they went and told the Pharaoh, but he would not. Let God's people go. And all through those texts, they began, they kept telling him, let the people go. My friends." God got tired of waiting. So what he did, he says, okay, since you won't let them go, I got 10 plagues that might convince you to let them go. Let me give you a summary. From the water becoming blood and to frogs, he would not let the people go. From the lice to flies to diseased livestock, Pharaoh wouldn't let the people go. From boils on every th- one and everything that moved, and, ha- and hail falling from the sky, destroying plants, people, and buildings, he refused to let the people go. And from the locusts that devoured every green and living plant, to the thick darkness you could feel, Pharaoh would not let the people go. But God had a plan, all right, all right. and He says this to Moses. And Exodus 11, 1 and on, and the Lord said to Moses, "I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt afterward He will let go and uh, let you go from here when He lets you go, He will surely drive you out uh, uh, here altogether. Speak now in the hearing." of the people. Now, I want you to know that not only did Moses speak to Pharaoh and God told Moses what to say. Now Moses turned to the people of God. They were still a bit skeptical. Maybe we would be skeptical at being in servitude for four hundred years. So he turned to them. He said, Speak now to the hearing in the hearing of the people. Let every man listen to me, let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold as you read the story on you'll know why God did this he touched the people's heart and they began to bless the people of God and verse 3 says and the Lord gave the people favor I want you to know that this is grace this is great amazing grace that God blessed his people and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt and in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. Then Moses said, thus says the Lord, this is about midnight. You know, God is really interesting. He didn't say, well, sometime I want you to go ahead and do this. As a matter of fact, he put it specifically. He says about midnight. I want you to start the process. About midnight, you need to get the food ready. About midnight, you need to have the unleavened bread together. At midnight, you ought to have your clothes on. You ought to have your shoes strapped up. You ought to have your hat ready. You ought to have everything ready to go. At midnight. My friends, at midnight sometimes is dark and we can't see our way. But I want you to know that our God doesn't worry about what's dark. Our God can see as well in the midnight as he can in the day. And so he's preparing his people to get ready to go. You know when God says it's time to go, it's time to go. There's no need to say, I forgot my keys, or, I forgot this. No, no, no. He says it's time to go. For the time to get ready is at midnight and i will go out into the midst of egypt at midnight i'm going to stop there for just a second that when when god says i will go out in the midst of egypt god is not sending an angel to go out he's not sending gabriel to go out he said i will go out in the, in the midst of egypt god is on the move now god is moving in this place why for his people don't you move have don't you hesitate for one minute to believe that god will move on our behalf for you are the people of god and god loves you just like he loved israel and i'm here to tell you that at midnight he may be telling you to get some things together at midnight you ought to be able to say lord i know that you're going to work it out at midnight i know my god is going to show up and show out at midnight i got to be ready to go all oh, we ought to give him praise and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, God says from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill and all the firstborn of animals God didn't leave anybody out except the people of Israel then. There shall be a great cry throughout the land of Egypt. We all know what death will do to us. We all know that when our loved one passes away, there's moaning and groaning and crying and carrying on. Why? Because that, that life had been snatched away from us. But the, the, this is the whole land of Israel, of Egypt, and all the firstborn are dead, even from people to animals. And you can imagine the cry that came out. But let me tell you, where are the people of God? The, the people of God sequestered. They are uh, self-imposed into their homes where they were, and they were just waiting on the green light for God to say, Go And they began to understand. Understand that God came down and began to rip them. oh I can believe there was a praise service going on I, I can believe that somebody started singing I believe that they began to shout and to pray and to give God all the honor I believe that God's people were on fire for him at that moment at midnight in Exodus 12 11 through 13 and thus you shall eat he had told them to take a young lamb or a goat, and that was to be their food. This was the Passover meal. And with a belt, listen, I know you got this, with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Why? At midnight, it's going to be on. So you shall eat it in haste. They didn't have time to sit right around and fellowship and eat. No, no. They had the, the herbs and the meat and they were having this Passover. It is the Lord's Passover. And for in twelve he says, For I will pass through the land. God Himself says again, I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against the gods of Egypt, I think we should pause for a second. This is a pagan. Situation. This is a pagan country. They had all kinds of gods. We got gods too, but I'm here to tell you that they don't amount to very much. They're like these gods that, that Egypt had. And, and, but I want you to just pay attention where he says, not only shall all the firstborn die, but all the gods, the little G-O-D, in Egypt will also be destroyed. God is a mighty God and he does not accept anybody to give him any problem. God is the one that is... Oh, orchestrating this whole situation he said I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Again, he lets everybody know that I am God and there is no other God. The repetition of the pronoun I emphasizes that God did this. Not an angel or some other agent. It was God himself. You know when God began to get into the picture himself, everything's got to change But I want you to know today, saints, that one day, one day soon, that our God in heaven is going to tell the Son of God to go get my people and Jesus is going to be coming back riding on a cloud the Bible says we will see it every eye shall see him you have a sash crossed his waist and across his shoulder king of kings and lord of lords our God is coming personally to take us all back with him can I get a witness he's going to come the Bible says in a twinkling of an eye it's faster than you just batted your eyelashes It's that quick and we all be gone. Oh, praise His holy and righteous name. Our God is coming. He's not going to send an angel to get us. He's not going to send some other agent. He's coming Himself to get us to come on back home with Him. And all we can begin to praise Him. It might be at midnight. It might be in the middle of the day. It might be 6 o'clock in the morning. It may be 5 o'clock at rush time. But don't you worry about it. When Jesus, Shows up. All is going to be all right. We ought to give him a praise because he's coming back. And they give God all the thanks. Not a blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. When they killed the lamb, took the blood in a container and used hyssop like they did on, when Jesus was on the cross. And they were instructed to put the blood over the doorpost. Instructed to put the blood on the lintels. Instructed to put the blood over here. And they were instructed later on in Scripture to not even go back outside the house. There's going to be dark going past midnight. But that's when God is going to be doing his work. And you see, if they go out, they will be just like the Egyptians. They will die also. But they obeyed God and stayed inside. He says, now, and when I see the blood, I want you to say something with me. When I see the blood, the blood still has its power. I know somebody's with me this morning. I know the blood still has its power. It's got power to save, power to strengthen, power to bless, power to rescue, power to work it out. It's the blood of our Savior. He said, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I wonder today, are you covered by the blood? You see, if you're covered by the blood, God will just pass over you. It doesn't mean that he pushes you aside. He's going to those who don't have the blood that's on them, and they're going to be gone. But all praise be to God. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Those are God's words, the works, my friends, the words and actions of God causes this stubborn despot Pharaoh to let the people go. For the first time in 400 years, God's enslaved people tasted freedom. I believe they'd left Egypt With a praise on their lips and thanksgiving in their heart. I think they had a little lightness in their step as they marched up out of Egypt. I think they began to sing songs of Zion as they crossed the river moving on toward the Red Sea. But God blessed them to do just that. I believe they left Egypt with that praise. We too, we too need hope in the midst of our crisis we have a pandemic as we talked about earlier we listen to those who's supposed to be leaders and they give conflicting messages some say well don't worry about it the children gonna be all right in school they will tell the adult don't worry about wearing a mask don't worry about social distancing and every time you look at them on TV, they're strutting around like the NBC peacock, like they got it all together. But I want you to know that our God is taking sight of all of that, and He's going to work it all out, my friend. I want you to—I want to encourage you, all of you, this morning, with the same words God used to encourage His people, the Israelites. First, God says. For God has indeed seen the misery. We are seeing the misery we are of our well being. We have this misery, but this pandemic, but God knows exactly what's going on. And He will come to rescue us. My friend, I know that we pray and we talk to God, Lord, uh, would, you, would you take out this pandemic? But you see, He'll take it out, but it'll be on His time. And he'll work it all out. He will come and he'll rescue us, his people, by his great power. Praise be to God. Now for you who are with us, via are streaming this morning. And you do not have a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus. My friend, there is no blood that will be all covering you. The blood has no power there because you don't have, you have not trusted him as your Savior and your Lord. When you're covered by the blood of Christ, we are protected and God will take care of us. But if you're not there, you don't have that relationship. You don't have that assurance that the Lord is on your side. The Lord Jesus loves you. I want to let you know that. Sometimes people get it all backwards. To think that God is some old codger, that every time you do wrong, he's throwing lightning bolts at you. That's not our God. Our God is constantly pleading, come, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. God is blessing us even right now. But I want you to know this, my friend, to prove what God is saying. The Bible says from John 3, 16, that God so loved the world, and that means you. It doesn't mean just any old body. It means you. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him. The operative word here is believe in Christ Jesus. Believe that he lived. Believe that he died. And as he lived, believe that he saved so that he blessed people. Believe that he came from God Almighty. Believe that God is the Father. And God says, you can be saved. He said, come now and whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How do you do it? The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13, that if you confess with your mouth, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner and I need your grace. When you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, come, come and save me and believe in your heart that God the Father has raised him bodily from the grave. The Bible says, you shall be saved. Nothing added. You shall be saved. In verse 10, it says, with the heart, you don't believe in your head. It's in your heart that you believe. Unto righteousness and with the mouth your mouth is made the, unto salvation. For whoever, and I love this part. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord. You may be a prisoner. You may be in lockup right now. But if you believe, God says whoever calls. On the name of the Lord, we'll be saved. You may be dying and knowing that you're dying and that you don't have a relationship with God. No one has shared anything with you. The Bible says if you believe, whoever believes, you shall be saved. Take God's word on it. You shall be saved. If people don't... Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.